Thanks for joining us for another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks, brought to you by PolyScience and Summit Research. We're here at MJ BizCon, and I'm super excited to sit down with Patrick Bird. You are the Senior Manager for Scientific Affairs at, Ma at B.O. Mary U. Correct, yes. <laughs> B.O. Mary U. So, Patrick, I'm so excited to talk to you. We're going to talk about uh, scientific testing in the cannabis space, which is super important. It's becoming more important every day. Tell me how you got into this super niche sector. So Beale Mary U as a company has been around for over 50 years. We're an in vitro diagnostic manufacturer. So what does that actually mean? Yeah. It means we, we make test kits. So we make test kits for the microbiology market. You know, we're talking about pathogenic organisms, Salmonella E. coli. Super important. Um, and, and the company has been involved in food industry. It's been involved in the clinical industry and the pharmaceutical industry. So naturally, the, the same attributes that we take from a public health safety standpoint in those industries, we've moved into the cannabis and are doing the same things. Okay, that's valuable. I think there are a lot of, of companies who are maybe starting out specifically aimed at cannabis, but I appreciate when a company can come in and bring the experience and the expertise from other industries, especially when it comes to something super important like scientific testing for these pathogens. And this is becoming really a standard requirements for testing in a lot of different states. Um, so what's unique about the way BioMariU approaches it? So we really try to do a, a, a proactive approach with our, our testing platforms. So in some instances, um, you know, the, the state regulations are in place. And so we have to design solutions that meet those. Um, but we need to hear what our customers are telling us. How quickly do they need turnaround times for testing? How efficient can the extraction protocols be. Um, they need simplicity and they need ease. We have a, a, a motto that we had for a while. It's microbiology so easy a chemist could do it. And the idea is that in this industry, there's not a whole lot of microbiologists. So we want to make sure that our solutions are developed in such a way that anybody in the lab can be trained to run them. So that's really what, what we think sets us apart. We've taken that experience from the, these other industries to simplify testing and then bring that into the cannabis industry. So is this uh, something that's available nationwide then? Yes, so we are a global company, but specifically in the cannabis industry, we focus in the North American market, both Canada and the United States. Um, so our solutions are available in any of the states that, that have either adult use or medicinal cannabis regulations. Okay, and I know you've been doing a focus on Aspergillus. Did you just do a talk today about that? Yeah, so actually it was yesterday. Okay. Uh, I had the privilege of speaking at the scientific symposia. That's um, a big deal. Aspergillus is the number one uh, cause of failing results in the cannabis industry. Wow. So I highlighted this a little bit in my presentation. Um, cannabis labs will, will, will spend a lot of money uh, on equipment uh, to get into place and, and be, be sorry, so millions of dollars, uh, but it's all on the analytical chemistry side. And the microbiology is a little bit of an afterthought. Oh. Um, but microbiology is actually the reason why a lot of cultivation sites fail results and lose money. So we try to, to emphasize that in labs and cultivation facilities that, hey, you need to have microbiology solutions that really work for you. And aspergillus is the, is the number one uh, issue for these the, this industry. And the reason is, is aspergillus is everywhere. So we're in this large convention center, there's going to be aspergillus mold spores around everywhere. Um, so it's what we call ubiquitous in the environment. Okay. Um, and because of that, 
And because of the hardiness of the organism, uh, once it gets into a cultivation facility, uh, it's hard to get out. And so um, the, these organisms can, because they produce spores, and they're aerosolized easily, what happens is we can inhale them. And you can have anything from an allergic reaction to uh, something called aspergillosis, where it gets systemic in your, your body and can cause serious illness. Wow. Um, in addition to that, they, they produce something we call, uh, they're secondary metabolites called mycotoxins. And the easy thing to remember with that is they're carcinogenic. So when you actually see labels on certain chemicals and it says don't handle these, these are carcinogenic, liver failure, kidney failure, aspergillus can actually cause the, or develop those metabolites that can make people sick and die. Wow. So it's a major, major That's concern for the industry. That's massive. Yeah, and so my presentation was really focusing on um, a lot of the, the discussion about uh, test methods for aspergillus and are they accurate. Because a, a positive result for a cultivator having to destroy, say, 50 pounds of, of product or remediate it to a, a form that is going to make you know, less money for them is it can be a serious blow to, to their industry. So we as companies, method developers, have to be able to develop solutions that are going to be very specific um, because there's only certain uh, strains or species of aspergillus that are actually adulterants in the industry. So that are actually... What we call adulterants. So they're, they're classified as contaminants. Okay. So there's roughly 250 species of aspergillus. Wow. And so they've all started from evolution from a single organism and then over time have developed these 250 different species. Uh, but only four of them are what we say you can't have in the product. But there's a lot of genetic similarities between the, the species. So we have to really work to develop our assays so that we can distinguish those four from other uh, organisms. And so we really tried to highlight that and where uh, not only, you know, we, we, we developed that on the molecular side, but some of the upfront uh, chemistries that we have in place to really get to a final result that gives consumers confidence that when they have a positive, it is positive. Okay, and am I right in, in saying, I think I've read that you can do a test for something like aspergillus um, initially and then package it and put it on the shelves and it can proliferate again while it's packaged. Uh, so, so there, there hasn't been extensive studies uh, to, to demonstrate that we're seeing that in the marketplace. Okay. So, so I, I wanted to, to say that, but the concept of what you're saying is true. So stability testing is what we have in the, you know, all the other industries. You go pull something out of your refrigerator, it's gonna have a best by date, a use by date, or a, you know, an expir expiration date. Yeah. We don't have that in the cannabis world. True. So you don't know how long your, your package of, of flour, your edible, whatever it is you're consuming has actually been on that shelf in the dispensary. Um, and over time, even though these products often have uh, very little moisture in them and water is what these organisms need to grow, the organisms can still be maintained on there and there may be enough moisture in there, depending on how it's stored, that they can proliferate and, and grow. And so when states do compliance surveillance, so they'll go out to dispensaries and pick it up, they may actually get a result that's positive that was initially screened at a laboratory and was negative. And it's, it's sometimes hard to say they're apples to apples because it's different samples and over time you could have growth of microorganisms. So it is something uh, that the industry should be looking at. And actually one state, I will highlight them, Colorado, has 
started to implement in their regulations that you need to do stability testing. So they want That's their consumers great. to know how long products have been on the shelf and that they are stable over those periods of time. That's awesome. I'm excited to hear that there are some states who are, are forward thinking in that way. I think um, I'm constantly surprised to find out what states are testing for and what they're not. Uh, I know there's um, a popular pesticide that in New Mexico is not regulated and is not prohibited from use, but it is in every other legal state. So I'm looking forward to a time when there's more standardization. Do you see that coming to the industry for this kind of testing? I, I think we all see some sort of national framework at some point. The answer is when. Is yeah. it two years? Is it five? Is it ten? Um, I'd have a lot of money if I knew exactly when that was going to happen. Uh, but where we're unique at BioMaryU and, and my role in the scientific affairs is that my, my, my role is really to focus on market advocacy. So while I'm a scientist, by nature, um, my, my job is to go out, talk to trade organizations, industry organizations, uh, work with regulators at the state level, but also start to uh, try to lay the framework of what a national uh, kind of guidance plan would look like. So that when you have legalization or decriminalization, removal of schedule one of cannabis, you know, that you'll have one set of rules that everyone has to follow. And that really will make it easier for cultivators, labs, technology providers, you know, being able consumers. to, yes, consumers, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I always, I use the example, um, I have I have children. If I go to one state and I buy them, say, some sort of chicken nuggets, and then I go to another state and they have chicken nuggets, I want to know that salmonella is not going to be in one and it's not going to be in the other. But what if this state says, well, we don't have to test for salmonella, but this, <laughs> what, this one does. That's what we have in the cannabis world. And you have a lot of immunocompromised people that are consuming this for, for medicinal purposes and even some that are recreational, the elderly, people that, that are sick. Um, and, and they're the highest risk population. And so we need to have standardized regulations so that when they're consuming it, they know it's safe. Exactly. I think if we're the, the topic of federal legalization comes up all the time. And I sometimes I want to say to people, it's premature. If you're looking at the states that have legalized and they're struggling to find a standard for safety until we can provide safety standards for testing, why are we trying to make this so accessible when the people who need cannabis the most, who are medically compromised, are at risk of potentially consuming products that haven't been tested properly um, or thoroughly enough for, for these contaminants. And I, I don't mean that to be discouraging, but I think it's a real call on people such as yourself and on the industry overall to make these products safer and to think of that as a priority for your business. If you're gonna sell products, you've got an obligation to your consumers to make sure it's safe. And if it's not, regulated, then make it your priority as a business to make these safety calls for the people that you're asking to buy your products. You have a lot of uh, colleagues, close colleagues that are state regulators, and I, they, they're trying to do their best, and, and they yeah. really do want safe products. We've been um, a little bit hamstrung from a standpoint that a lot of states didn't have compliance testing labs. So when when the state goes legal for medicinal or recreational purposes a lot of times it's a little bit of a free-for-all at the yes. beginning and so labs will come into the market and you have a lot of great labs that are out there but you also have some that are you know bad actors and you know for for an industry without 
uh, a state lab that can kind of set guidance and actually check compliance, it makes it hard for laboratories that are that want to do good work to really test and keep consumers if they're providing them, you know, uh, results that they don't want to see, and they're allowed to go and, and test it somewhere else. So this idea of lab shopping has really hurt this industry. So so dry dry lab testing was was a big issue in the dietary supplement industry. So essentially people were making up results. Um, and so so the FDA kind of looked at that and said, hey, that, that we've got to stop that. In the cannabis industry, what happens is you'll have a lab get a result, they don't like that result, and so they have it tested at another lab and they only have to submit the, the result they want. This is a crucial point. So we're, we're in Nevada right now, uh, MJ Biz. Nevada ran into a huge issue recently with having labs give results that weren't accurate. Um, and it's something that I hope is not pervasive, but it is something that's happening. What's a way to get away from this? I mean, how are labs able to falsify results? Don't you have to to show like... <laughs> well, unfortunately... Well, it, where are the safety nets? It's not that hard to falsify data. I have 15 years experience in a... Uh, uh, laboratory setting. So there, there's ways that it can be done, and obviously we are seeing that in the cannabis industry. But there's also opportunities for states and companies like ourselves to, to set a benchmark where you can kind of uh, reduce the likelihood of that happening. Okay. So we need to have certified methods. So we need to work with standards organizations to develop uh, essentially acceptance criteria guidelines for how you would validate a method and have it certified for use. And if you have a national standard that every company then has to certify against, you'll know if your method is appropriate for use in that laboratory. So we do, this is, this is something, it's a lot easier on the microbiology side. There are standards in place. We've worked to help develop those standards with organizations such as AOAC, ASTM, USP. Um, and the idea is that we can then validate our methods independently. So we have that check, you know, you always want to have somebody outside of an organization. If you, you say, I have a validated method, well, who, who did the validation? Well, we did that. Okay, that's good, but I want somebody else's word for it. So we do independent validation uh, data. We get certified methods before that we, we send those methods into market. So we're comfortable with the testing that takes place. Now, we're doing this for microbiology. There's a whole lot of tests that labs have to do, and there isn't standards for all of them. And there's not national methods that they can do comparisons to to really set that baseline. And that's where we're, we're trying to work and, and, and improve in the future. Uh, but, but at BioMareU, it's a, it's a big thing. We've taken this process of using certified methods, and we think that that's one of the steps of eliminating lab shopping, but it's only a part of the puzzle. I appreciate that. So for our listeners, where can they go to learn more about BioMaryU and more about these standards? Uh, okay, so BioMaryU, that's BioMaryU-industry.com. Um, that's our website. You can Google us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, all of the, the different uh, social media websites. Uh, for standards development, we will post on our website the methods that we have, the certification numbers, and then you can go to uh, an organization's website such as AOAC. Um, so they have their performance tested methods program uh, and you can actually search a database for approved methods in the cannabis industry and what what actual mate what we call matrices so the items that were validated whether it's flour whether it's like a, a pre-roll whether it's some sort of edible like chocolate or gummies so all of that is listed it's publicly available you don't have to pay for any of this 
That's awesome. Well, I learned a lot. I really appreciate your perspective. I'm sure the MJ BizCon audience learned a lot from you yesterday. So I'm glad we have more of this coming to the space. And I appreciate you sitting down to talk with us. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was our pleasure. So uh, for Cannabis Tech Talks, Patricia Miller, um, thanks for, for checking us out today. If you'd like to learn more about emerging technology and other important issues coming to the space, be sure to check out Cannabis Tech Talks on all of our emerging, uh, all of the available social uh, platforms. And on behalf of uh, PolyScience and Summit Research and our, our sponsors, thanks for joining us here at MJ BizCon. Hey, hello, I'm Tommy Chong. If you want something really nice in your laboratory, buy Durachill. I'm telling you, if you're not using this, you're chill, you're not really in the pot business. You're just on the fringe of it. So if you really want to get serious, man, this is what you need. You need a Durachill in your life. You've got the technology here to have the cleanest, purest, healthiest product. I'm impressed. You want me to sell this? Buy it. Try Durachill or else. If your chiller's down, you ain't making money. And you heard it from me, Tommy Chong. Brought to you by PolyScience. Bye. <laughs>